Slice Audio. I love this new studio. This is A-OK, friends. Welcome to it. It's time for another chapter of the Book of Murdoch. Ooh, what's been happening? I've been fishing since we saw each other last. If you get a chance to spend eight days fishing on the Missouri River with your father, take advantage of it because it sure, um, it's a nice little, it's just nice for a million different reasons. Oh my God. <clears throat> we are fucking chalked gas tank full of stories from El Sister, by the way. Oh boy, we're going back into the vault in today's episode. I, I I can I can honestly say this. Statute of limitations have passed for me to tell some upcoming stories. I'm glad you're with us. <laughs> um if this is your first episode, sometimes we start out with a tea of the tea of the moment. I quit drinking coffee and now I only drink tea. Not only, almost only. And all my friends give me shit about it because apparently that's not manly enough to drink tea. And let me tell you how manly tonight's is. It, tonight is a nice herbal elderberry blackberry because you can't do the caffeine at night anymore at, 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 my, at my elder age. <laughs> there we go. That's a delicious tea. That's a delicious tea. All right. I'm all jacked up. I did, I did a hot yoga class tonight. I'm still doing the yoga. Are you still doing? Let's check in. How you feeling, homie? How, how are you? Are you working on your things? A couple episodes ago, you were going to like pick a thing and work on it. Dedicate the time to it, right? That was either going to be drink less of this or eat more of that or eat less of that or do more of this or whatever it was. I hope you're on it. I Listen, I spent eight days or however long I was gone eating like a pig and like drinking beer. Although I got to say this and like <clears throat> my own children mocked me for this, which is bullshit. But like I bought a couple 12 packs of Budweiser zero, which is the non-alcoholic Budweiser. There's no, it's just 50 calories and no alcohol, which not, I mean, seven months ago, if you would have asked me, <laughs> I guess I understand why my children are shaming me. I've, I, this is my fault. Like, but seven and a half months ago, if you're just like, hey, man, I've got water and I've got Budweiser non-alcoholic zero. I would have. I mean, I wouldn't have thrown the Budweiser zero at you or anything, but I certainly would have taken the water. But now I got like, okay, here's fishing. You have a bush light. You caught a fish. It's getting a little hot out. You have a, a, a cold beer. A cold beer with your dad will never go out of style. Especially when I'm hearing all of him and his old crew's stories. That's when you want a cold beer. But then after that, you sneak a Budweiser Zero in. And then you can have another beer later. But then you do in every other. And then all of a sudden, first off, which this is I'm not paid by them by any means, but like Budweiser Zero tastes like beer. It gives me the feeling of, I just, you know what I mean? The test is this. Hot day, 
mow the lawn, ice cold beer, crack it and drink it. If it tastes good, then that's how you know it's good beer. Don't give me this crap beer nonsense. I don't want to hear about your IPAs. The only way to tell, this is this is the way of it. Listen, I have dear friends who are brewers. I have all, all everybody in the world that I, I am friends with seemingly likes craft beer. And I'm trying. I'm getting into it the best I can. But they, you know, here's how much, you know, I, I don't know any of the terminology anymore. Here's the hops and here's the things and here's how much malt and that, none of that matters. Here's how you tell if a beer is delicious. In July, mow your lawn, get it out of the fridge as ice cold as it can be, open it and take a big drink. I got to say, with all of my heart, as much as I know you put in time and effort into your hazy IPA, you can't drink a hazy IPA after you've mown the lawn in July. It's just going to make matters worse. It doesn't quench anything. Hard stance, I guess. Why the fuck am I talking about this? <laughs> oh, yeah. You drink a beer, you have a non-alcoholic beer. Then you drink a beer. Yeah, that's so. And now think about this. A week goes by, okay? Now, instead of nine beers, you've had four beers. That will make you live a decade longer. I am by no means a doctor, but I'm pretty sure I'm accurate. It sure seems. I mean, you know, you can get hit by a train, but nothing I can do about that. I'm not saying become a Baptist and never drink any Bush Light. Cold Bush Light's awesome. And have your bourbon or whiskey or whatever. I'm just trying to give you options. And, and as, as, as we're all entering the back nine together, some of you a little sooner, some of you a little later, I'm just throwing out some tips. I got to say this, man. I really, so like, I need to watch the new Bo Burnham special. But because I've I haven't watched I've feel like I've seen it because like almost all of it is on TikTok, <laughs> the Jeffrey Bezos song. Like I have the Jeffrey Jeffrey Bezos. If you haven't watched the single, you don't know what I'm talking about. But like or the special, but if you have, you know what I'm talking about. Like this thing is apparently it's brilliant, but apparently it is triggering severe anxiety and like it's making you force some mental issues you might not known you had. Which sounds strange, but that makes me want to, that makes me, I have two feelings when I hear that. One, I'm fine. I can watch it. I will prove to you that I'm fine. Two, I'm now at like, I'm, I'm, I'm into this yoga hippie nonsense that I'm doing so much. Like, I feel like if there are anything under the thing, under the hood, we have to start to investigate. Now's a good time to crack open the engine and see what's up. Or maybe I'll just watch it and think it's funny. I don't know, but I do have to watch. I haven't seen it yet, <clears throat> but I believe, like I was trying to tell you what I'm paying attention to. I'm not watching anything new lately. I'm rewatching everything. I'm rewatching the shows that are finally going to be coming back out because like right now, you know, baseball's on and I'm still, I'm still knee deep into the Cubs. I'm holding on to this baseball trend, but like, I don't give a shit about hockey or, and like, I just don't, I decided at a young age. I was never going to like basketball, which is unfortunate because I think I would like watching basketball as I watch March Madness. It's kind of fun, but I got to tell you, I'd rather watch paint dry. I would rather count the cars drive by our new studio in downtown Rapid City, South Dakota, than I would watch basketball. I just can't get into it. It's because I was so terrible at it, I think, as we're just identifying 
rather than talk to a therapist, I'm just going to work out all my shit in a podcast. <laughs> like, a, like every, like every white male of privilege. Um, I was not a basketball athlete. You can ask any one of my friends or family. I am. I can't. We do <clears throat> every year. There's this great organization here in this town we live in called the Club for Boys. And if I ever hit the Powerball, I'm going to give them a million dollars first. They do this big fundraiser every year called a Free Throw Challenge, where your company, you know, kicks in 500 bucks and all that money goes to the thing, and you th- shoot free throws. I don't even know why you shoot free throws. I have no idea what you win. That's not the point. You just give the money because it's a good group. But our company, Home Slice Media Group, has a team, and I can't like. I'm at the position of this company where if I wanted to jam myself on this team, I can because without sounding like an asshole, I could. But I, I can't because I believe how it works is you shoot 25 free throws. And I got to tell you, if I had to save my mother's life by making 10 free throws out of 25, everybody better say fucking goodbye to Rhonda because there's no way I can do that. I just I'm not good at basketball. Therefore, I just never got into it. And then I had an, you know what I mean? Like, basketball sucks. Because when you're young, you're stupid. And you're like, if I'm not good at it, clearly the sport's not entertaining. Now I'm 40 and I don't give a shit. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> TikTok. Okay. We, I, I got to retract a hard, hard, hard stance. About, I don't know, 15-ish episodes ago. I told you all to get rid of TikTok. And I might have talked about this a little bit in recent episodes. But... I'm I'm 100% back in on the... T- I don't care if China has all of our shit. TikTok, I'm back into it. It's entertaining. I don't care. I don't care if Hitler owns TikTok. It has sucked me in that much. I've started to... I spent... This is how I spent my 5th of July. This is how I spent my observed 4th of July holiday. I got up very early in the morning and like, you know, clean the house, blah, blah, blah. But it was, but like I had a whole day of just to myself and be in the house and not talk to anybody. And that's nice. But I decided I was going to learn how to make a, I don't fuck. I don't even know if I'm saying this right. How to make a TikTok, how to TikTok. I don't know how to use it as a verb or, a, or now. I don't know how to hoof. Okay. Boomer. But like, I'm learning how to post on it. It's fun as shit, man. It's better than every social media out there. It is somehow figured out that I have zero interest in hearing Ding dongs fight it all. You don't have to view the comments. The production value as a whole is is like it's like learning how to have a video studio on your phone. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to learn it, but you do. It's like I'd had. It took six or seven attempts, like real attempts, where I got almost finished and had to start all the way over. And do you know, like, when you're trying to get the IKEA furniture together and you can't get the leg of the who's a what's it into the fusion what's it? And it's just, you're ready to smash the whole thing. Well, that certainly feels the same when you're trying to get a TikTok loaded and you have no fucking clue what you're doing. But you got to hang in, right? Like you got to learn why you made the mistake and go back to the beginning. Okay, just take a breath. Who's fra ba, whatever your thing is, and like start over. And now I posted it and it's the most, I got it. It's the most boring. Those of you that used to listen to me on morning radio are going to, you're just going to be. I believe, as you would phrase it, I think you're going to pull my man card. Because certainly there's some of you that listened to me and I was the one on the radio who was like, you know, we tipped a guy down on a porta potty and we tased the guy's nuts and I, you know, said awful jokes to people and we were mean to, you know, we were mean. I was mean. And so you would think my first TikTok would be like, let me tell you what's wrong with these bunch of dipshits. No, it was a nice minute long video about... (laughs) 
about a, a, a clearance house plant that I put into a potter. Because on the weekends, I go to the thrift store. I find things that are interesting to make plant planters out, pots out of. And then I go to the plant store and I find a plant for it. And then I drill a hole in it and fill it with dirt and blah, blah. So I took a, here's how you do that thing. I'm giving advice. I'm doling out advice by, by the way, like I am Johnny Appleseed and I got it. I don't have a clue what I'm doing, but that doesn't stop me. I've got an opinion. And so here's a little how-to video. And it's like in a day it had 1200 views and a hundred whatever likes. And like, I know it's incredibly damaging to your mental health down the road, but Man, it's pretty good dopamine thing, right? It is. And I don't give a shit how many people like it. I'll do some podcast stuff on it if you want to follow me on it. But like, it's learning. You got to understand why I'm excited. It's not because I've, I don't give a shit how many likes I have. I have enough friends. You people listen to this show. I've got enough avenues for my own narcissistic ear scratching to get that done. I'm talking about ad, oh, having an open mind to the new thing, even though it's hard. You learn how to, and like, I'm not saying my video is, you know, I'm not asking for an Oscar over here, but just learning how to do it and forcing yourself to like get through that transition of, I don't know how to do this. I have, I'm, I'm screwing up and I have to start over and I want to smash my who's a what's it against the wall, but you hang in and like, all right, I'm pretty happy with that final result. That felt, it sounds silly to say out loud felt like an an accomplishment so if you're looking for something to do learn how to tiktok please tell me by the way on whatever the fucking thing you listen to or watch or if you follow me on any social media or whatever tell me how to use the verbs correctly am i making tiktok am i tiktoking am i sending a tiktok is it just a talk am i talking fuck I'm having legit anxiety about not knowing what that is because, you know, in our world, in the media side of things, you're supposed to know how what, what the phrasing is. I don't know. I guess we'll all survive. Take a sip of elderberry blackberry tea and you'll get over it. Last, one more hippie thing and then we're going to get to the funny stories from El Sister. I, I, I swear I haven't lost my mind. This is not some... This is not going to turn into oming. <laughs> We're not breathing, but like I, I will say, I am doing so much yoga; it's affecting all of like. Listen to me talk about my plants. Are you? Some of you are hearing me say that, and it's like, what happened to you? But I gotta say, man, it's it's. I'm into it. It's nice. It's a nice hobby. It's like you hear about these military dudes who are like real tough, and you know, and they learn how to knit. I'm not saying I'm tough. I don't mean it that way. But, like, you wouldn't think these guys would be knitting. Like, I know houseplants aren't, you know, whatever. I got to say, though, you go to the thrift store, and then you go to the plant store. Like, I'm a man about town trying to just explore life and have fun and meet people, and that's a nice place to do it. Although, I am learning a terrible danger side of all of this, right? So, like, I'm trying I – I don't feel like – I really genuinely, like, as I am, I don't mean this as a moral judgment, but as I am trying to hang out in places that aren't all alcohol related and do things that I'm just trying to drink less for a while. Not forever. I like a good beer, as we've talked about. So you got to find other things to do and other hobbies to do a little bit. And so, like, you go, you, you know, meeting a nice person at a plant store is entertaining. But here's here's the unintended consequences. You meet a lot of very nice lesbians and, like, 
while I have, I, I'm, I'll certainly befriend as many lesbians as will allow. Um, you know, that's a little frustrating. <laughs> so like, maybe I got to do go back to the bar a little bit. I don't know where else to go. Not that I, there's no, I'm just, you know, let it come to you. I'm just, you know, I'm out having fun. I'm forcing myself to go out and do things. That's healthy. Put yourself in an uncomfortable position once in a while. We all spent all the time indoors last year. So you've got to get out. Talk to strangers. I'm not saying it doesn't have to all be in a flirtatious manner, but like hold a fucking door and ask somebody how they're doing today. I'll compliment somebody on their shoe or their burger, whatever. It's a nice, it's a nice way to go about the day. I swear to God, we're almost done with the hippie stuff. <laughs> I know I said that what seems like an hour ago. Okay, one more real quick thing. And then we're done being hippies. I'm, and there's a reason I'm saying this. I downloaded an app called The Pattern a while ago. And it's it's a bit astrology, but I don't understand. Nor am I really into any of that. Like, I don't follow it as a creed. But it's, you know, it's interesting. It's always been gossipy interesting. But this app is like a little more penetrating. It makes you question how you're reacting to things and people and you know it forces you to kind of work on yourself a little bit it's phrased in the astrological you know what's your sign a bit which i you know i'm playing along but it needs your birth time i'm getting to my point so it needs your so i call i don't know i've on, on all of my birth certificates i don't have any of my birth time i have no idea what my birth time is apparently they have it on the original birth certificate that's locked in 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 the records right and in the records, I thought, okay, I'll fill out a form and somebody will email me what my birth time was. And this certainly can't take more than a few hours. Oh, no, no. Here's how old I am. Another level of age as we're all working out turning 40 together. Or at least you are hearing me turn 40 out loud. My, I'm, I'm at the age where my records are kept on microfilm. So there is addition, <laughs> there's additional paperwork required. For me to find out my own birth time. And like, they're just doing their job. I'm not bitching at the people. But like, it can't just be something that's emailed to me. Like if I was, like my my kids are 18. My, my twin boys are 18 years old. Their information is not kept on microfilm. I have, I have competing, that's equally awesome to me. Like having your information on microfilm makes me feel like James Bond somehow. I don't know why it just does, but it's equally not awesome because fuck, man, I'm old enough to have like, I'm the, I'm now the cassette of age. <laughs> I, I, I'll be the CD. <clears throat> I, cause I can't, I really came in. I was at the end of cassettes. I had cassettes. I had like, Adam Sandler cassettes and the Beastie Boys and that kind of stuff. Cool stuff that like you would nothing of that you'd find in in the sleepy town of Elsister, South Dakota. But I remember like getting, you know, when you're the age where your uncles and everybody still has to give you gifts, but they have absolutely no idea what to give you. But but everybody said just buy him a CD because we got him a CD player. So everybody for one Christmas bought me CDs that they thought I would like, and the first one was John Mellencamp Dance Naked, just the single. Which isn't a terrible song, but like, you know, all right. It's Mellencamp, I'll take it. It's certainly not, you know, it could be worse by a mile. 
And then I remember my uncle, oh my God, this is going to time out perfect. My uncle Randy, who we're going to talk about for the rest of this fucking episode, gave me my first rock and roll CD. It was Boston's Boston, which I listened to for seven seconds because Boston fucking sucks. But I do like that he got, <laughs> he got me a rock and roll. Oh, he likes Boston. I got a Boston CD. I think that's awesome. Oh man, I got terrible CDs. I, they were all gifts, right? Until you could afford, like, you take your lawn mowing money and then you go buy actual CDs that you wanted to listen to. I remember buying the Adam Sandler's, the CD that had, uh, they're all going to laugh at you. And, like, and <laughs> I might have told this story before, so if I have, I'm sorry, you can fast forward. But I remember there's a bit on there called The Beating of a High School Janitor. And all it is, and it sounds silly now because it's not that funny if I describe it, certainly, because I'm not Adam Sandler. But basically, it's just a bit about a high school janitor who gets a shit beat out of him. And it's just audio of him just getting the shit beat out of him. I don't even know why it's funny as I'm talking about it. But when you're 12 or 13 or whatever old you are in the mid-90s, it is pee your pants funny because it's Adam Sandler. He can say anything. It's happy Billy Madison, man. So I remember playing it like really loud upstairs. And my mother actually thought a janitor from the high school or wherever was getting beat up upstairs. And she, I remember taking the CDs like, this is not funny. You can't listen to it. And putting it on top of the fridge. Ah, uh, damn it. I wonder, I'm going to play it for her now and see if maybe she thinks it's funny now. I don't know if my mother listens to this podcast. I don't know if she's into podcasts. Eventually, she probably will be into podcasts. Right around the time my mother goes into a nursing home, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna put it on episode one and be like, love you, poop. <laughs> okay, stories from L-Sister. I recently, to recap you, I spent a, so my old man's been going to a little town in South Dakota called Akaska, South Dakota. There are 40 people. I believe I've talked about this little town before. 40 people live in Akaska. It's just trailers and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a little, you know, tiny little town. People are super cool. It's just small town America, but like, you know, it's right along the Missouri River. The only reason you're in Akaska is to walleye fish in the summer. There are like, you don't just go there, you know, you're not there for the wine list. You know what I mean? You're either there to ranch or cut hay or fish and have fun. Well, so like this little town of 40, you know, it's chacked full of people walleye fishing. And, and my dad's been going there since 75. And here's how tough my old man is, by the way. When they started going there in 75, like, I listen, then I'm going to tell this story. And then as a complete 180, I'm going to tell you how I go to Akaska. So when they first started coming to Akaska in the mid-70s, like mid-70s, he's been going almost every year. There wasn't a hotel. There, <laughs> there wasn't like there wasn't electric at a camp. There was a dirt patch mostly and no power and no bathroom and like a spigot that would you'd have to well pump up from the Missouri River. And like that water is 60 fucking degrees. It's freezing cold. And so like every few days when you couldn't stand the stink of you, you'd go to the spigot or whatever. Or you'd jump in the river and you'd scrub your hoop or, and then you'd get back to it. In comparison, <laughs> I'm such an asshole. I'm the I am the living worst to be related to. I will go to Akaska. I I I will I will I will descend upon the peasants, but I require my own camp. I swear to God, I had this conversation with my father. I need my own camper or hotel room 
because I need my. <laughs> I'm de- listen. I'm defending this. I know who I am. It's just who I am. I know where my ticks are, man. I require my own space. I am no longer of of the. Uh, I am no longer the person. I know it's an uptown problem. I get it, but I don't want to share a hotel room with anybody. And it's not that I don't love these people. I just I need. You listen to this podcast. You know who I am. I talk nonstop from about six something in the morning till about whenever o'clock at night, including this podcast, which I can't live off of yet, but like I enjoy doing it and you seem to dig it. So here we are. All I do is talk. I require silence. <laughs> Tsi fly silence for a, for a while now, even if I'm on vacation. And I don't believe that's too much to ask. Certainly, I didn't make anybody get me a camper or anything. I arranged my own deal and all of that. Like, I, you know, but like, that's just who I am. That is not who a casket is. I believe bougie is what they would call me. But that's not necessarily fair. I can redneck it up a little bit. It's not like I required a chef and like needed to get flown in or anything. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can, and I can do the chores and I can clean fish and gut the things. It's not about that. It's just, I require the space. Tell your father, everybody who listens to this, cause we're all kind of in the upper Midwest for the most part. Go tell your father the next time you need a vacation, you need your own space and like <laughs> have justify that money. It's just not what you do here in the upper Midwest. We all cram into one hotel room so we can all save money. But I would, it's like, that's a, that's a, that's the, no, that's, that's, I have claustrophobia. I can't do that. Sit in a hotel room with 18 people and look at each other. I want to jump out of a room. Okay. Work through my anxiety there. That's a casca. That's where I spent last week. And it was awesome. I loved it. But I got to hear some great stories. And so here's who went fishing with my, like my dad goes there for like a month a year. This is awesome. My old man's got it set up. So he goes there for like 30 days because, you know, that's probably a nice little break for Ma as well. And so he just spends it out in the river and he just rotates in groups. Like he rotates in family and he rotates and my boys come and we have a nice family thing. And then, he, but then this year he starts bringing some of his old, old crew. And these guys were wild. These guys were hillbilly hooligans, man. And so it's a couple of their old drinking buddies from like when they were in their 20s and my uncle Randy. And my uncle Randy and my uncle Mike, who is no longer with us, and my father were were not criminals. You know what I mean? They're not bad. They're good shits. They're just hell raising. Like they're, they came up in a time where you could be real wild and it was still okay. I mean, certainly they might've limited some of their options because they were pretty wild, but they were pretty wild. That doesn't mean they're criminals and they're bad people, but they're outlaws outlaws in the sense of the old West. Not that you were wearing a black hat because you were going to rob a stagecoach, but you're an outlaw in the fact that you got to keep your six guns on you all the time because you're in dangerous territory. Certainly, you're putting yourself in that situation, but that but you're an outlaw. These guys are outlaws. That's how I like to describe it in my head a little bit. I'm romanticizing it a bit. It's not like they were they weren't robbing trains or anything, but they were fucking wild, man. And so, like, I got a, <laughs> I got a couple of good stories from my uncle Randy that we I just want to talk about. And these are stories from El Sister. By the way, if you are, if this is your first episode, 
This is so I grew up in a little tiny town. I, I, I right now I live in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Most people are kind of in this area and they know what I'm talking about. But I'm starting to get like there's listeners in New York and there's listeners here and there's listeners there. It's starting to write in, which is super cool. You have no idea what it's like here, so I got to describe it to you a little bit. So I like to tell stories from my childhood, stories from Elsister. I grew up in a little pig farm in town called Elsister, South Dakota, home of 750 friendly people, I believe is what it says on the sign, which is total bullshit because there's at least 200 assholes that live in that town. But it's a great, I had a great childhood. It's super like, you know, privileged, like didn't have to lock your door, tiny town. Ride your bike to the pool. I remember it fondly, very Norman Rockwell. But now that I've gotten a little older, (laughs) I'm starting to see some redneck cracks in the ceilings a little. So, like, that's those are the stories I like to tell on this. This is your first episode. So, my uncle, my uncle, I want to explain, like, okay, so all of my uncles on my mom's side are, like, Irish Catholic, Irish Kennedy Catholics, right? Like, party hard, work hard. And, and my grandfather, King Ron, ran a milking barn. He used milk cows. If you don't know how you milk cows, here's how you milk cows, at least back in this day. You get up in the middle of the fucking night, and you, and you go put cows in a barn, and you attach the things to them, and, like, you're just up for four hours in the middle of the night. And then you don't get to go to take a nap afterwards, because after that, you got to go feed these things. And it's like, an, you know, it's a hard job. But, you know, they had 19,000 kids because they're Kennedy Catholics. And so the sons work on the work on the milking barn. Uncle Randy was wild. King Ron was also wild. We come I come from a long line of Hellraisers, real tough Hellraisers. And I don't know what happened to me. So one morning, six ish o'clock in the morning, Uncle Randy comes home. He's maybe late teens. I'm going to guess here. I could be wrong. So Uncle Randy comes home and and he's just gassed. Him and and and, and their buddy named Greenhead. Okay, Green, Greenhead also, by the way, was fishing. So this is a Greenhead story. So now you're meeting Greenhead. It's Uncle Randy and Greenhead, and they're 19 years or whatever old, and they're just gassed. It's an, it's it. The sun is coming up, and they and and if the sun's coming up, you've been milking cows for an hour or so. Walk right into the milk and barn, just really drunk, holding a half a bottle of whiskey. Comes into King Ron, who is milking the cows for him because, you know, Uncle Randy was out partying. And, you know, Uncle Randy was pretty tough and he was cocking off a little bit. Hey, Dad, you want some whiskey? What are you going to do about it? Kind of stuff, right? This is, and this, let me tell you about King Ron. King Ron, who passed about a year ago, is one of the most badass men on the planet. And let me tell you why. Because you're going to learn what is called the tit bucket, okay? <laughs> I should explain what the tit bucket is first. If you're milking cows back in the day, you have what was called a tit bucket. And a tit bucket was filled with water and antiseptic and that kind of stuff. And you would dip the udders in it and disinfect it before you would start milking them. So I'm now, and and I don't, I assumingly, so nothing gets infected and then the milk doesn't kill you. That's my guess. I I never milked, man. I like, that wasn't my bag. (laughs) So like, that's the tit bucket. Cool. Remember that. So Uncle Randy comes home with Green Ed and they're just gassed. Ah, what are you going to do about it? And they're holding a half a bottle of whiskey. King Ron doesn't make a sound, grabs the bottle of whiskey, takes an air bubble pull off the son of a bitch, sets the bottle down, picks up Randy like he is a puppy dog rag doll, turns him upside down from the waist, by the way. To, to, and like Randy's not small. He's not fat, but he's, you know, he's a grown man at 19 years old. 
But this is how tough King Ron was. And, like, I understand angry dad anger. Angry dad anger. You can lift a fucking Buick with angry dad anger. <laughs> Picks up Uncle Randy, dips him in the tit bucket, head down three times, pits him back up, feet down, back on the ground, pokes him in the chest and goes, are you ready to fucking milk some cows? God, I love my family so <laughs> That's Uncle Randy. That's still Uncle Randy's tone. He's got a metronome. He's, 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 I, he's going to hear this because I, because like I showed everybody how to listen to this podcast because they want to hear some of these stories I guess told back. But like, I explained my Uncle Randy. I mean this in the greatest way. There's a wild streak in him that is, I'm sure is the reason he's successful, but it's also the reason some of these great stories happen because, you know, you do some dumb shit when you're a kid. So he's always been, you know, the like I, to set the context a little bit before I tell this next coming Uncle Randy story. Like on a Saturday late morning when we were kids, like you could always tell if, if dad and Uncle Randy were like, you know, they start at 10 in the morning doing chores or whatever. They got to go do this or go do that. But then, you know, hey, let's stop for one. And it's like fucking noon. You knew that they were, they were in it to win it, man. They had to, And I'm not, none of this is a bitch. I, I genuinely think all of these guys are awesome. None, this isn't a judgment, like, but they were just wild. It was a different time. You could just go be wild. And like, oh my God, you could just, you could, you could sense the tension of, <laughs> of like, Ron, Ron would be like, they're out. Cause they can never know what happened. You have these great stories. So back in the day, uncle Randy and my dad, and my uncle Mike, who is, I don't know, not quite a not like seven, eight, seven-ish years younger than him. Okay. I'm trying to get an age confirmed out of this. And here's where the statute of limitations is gonna go to weird. First off, Uncle Mike sadly has passed away, so nobody can get in trouble. Secondly, I'm assuming other people that are involved in this story are also dead. And so okay. Maybe not, maybe not. You never know. So Uncle Randy and my dad take my Uncle Mike down to Sioux City, Sioux City, Iowa, Sioux City, Iowa in the in the so this would be in the 70s. And this was a this Sioux City, Iowa in the 70s was a real CD operation, especially in this like think of think of a, you know, a small city. And like where, or a big city, think of where the CD, think of where you go to all the gentlemen's clubs and the pawn stores and like where you think you'd assume you'd go buy drugs. That's 4th Street in Sioux City, Iowa in the 70s. Fun bars and bands would play. It's not all whatever, but like, you know, that's where the sin was. <laughs> they kind of kept it all in one little nice area and, and, and boxed everybody in. So they bring down... <laughs> my uncle Mike, I'm assuming this started out maybe as, Hey, we're going to bring uncle Mike. And again, we're trying to confirm an age here on uncle Mike. And the best I can get out of them is 16 ish. So that could, I assume it's not 12, but I won't just assume it's not 15, but it certainly could have been 17, but I have it on authority. He wasn't an adult. So they're down to 4th Street in Sioux City in the 70s, and they're at a gentleman's club called the Son of a Bitch. The, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll be right back. I'm so glad I did that. Very good. <laughs> the club was called the Pink Pussycat. I am literally 
looking at a picture of it right now. I had to do a quick Google search here because dad didn't answer his phone. The Pink Pussycat at 901 4th Street in Sioux City, Iowa. It closed in 1982. This is an establishment that closed right as I was being born. So just to frame this up a little bit. Okay, so they're at the Pink Pussycat. And my Uncle Randy decides that tonight is the night that Uncle Mike, who is 16-ish, is going to lose his virginity. <laughs> 16! My kids are fucking 18 right now. And if somebody, if like, if one of the, if like their Uncle Caden took them <laughs> took them to Vegas for I I would none of these people they wouldn't even know how to do this. Maybe they would. Maybe I'm naive and they absolutely know how to do this. That's probably the truth, isn't it? Okay, back to Uncle Randy. So Uncle Randy decides I by the way, I'm positive my old man was involved in this, but at the story I told, I don't I don't know how involved he was in the negotiation of it all. And I don't know how to really buy a, a, a sex worker. I believe that's how you should phrase it, by the way. It's not, they can't call them hookers anymore. This is sex workers. So, Uncle, Uncle Randy decides he's going to buy Uncle Mike's virginity. Picture, if you will, what you think that would cost. I was having this conversation with some friends over a beer a couple nights ago. And they're like, ah, 400 bucks. Although, I don't know if they knew it was from the 70s. So, that might, that might, that might rearrange it. But the guesses were like 400 bucks, 1200 bucks, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Rate card price, $50 for this as, and I need to, and I wrote this, I have to, I have to make sure I get the quote right because there were some negotiation <laughs> tactics used. It was, I'm not paying 50 price for a half price Band-Aid. You're all busted up. What can you do? Imagine saying that to a person. That is... My uncle, that's Uncle Randy, man. He's he's a gangster. <laughs> so the price was $50. And Uncle Randy, who is a gangster, got it down to $25. I didn't get a name of said, <laughs> but bust, you're all busted up sex worker. Oh, that sounds like a depressing gig, man. Although, I don't know. I bet Mike was super appreciative. Like, you know, he was a good dude that way. Maybe he learned a couple of tricks. Although, I'll say this. He sure liked crazy women. Maybe that sent him off. You just never know how these things are going to go. Everybody's got good intentions with unintended consequences. <laughs> you hear about these things like, oh, yeah. But like, like I want to know how common that is. Like, I've never, I don't think, you always hear, oh, you know, if it get ba ba ba, you buy ba da da, which the whole, that's all gross. But like, you don't actually hear it. Like, I heard, like, confirmed Greenhead and the crew <laughs> confirmed that this actually happened. Outlaws, man. They were outlaws. I've got a bunch of these. I've got a bunch of Calvin stories. I've got a bunch of Uncle Randy stories. Uncle Randy chipped, I'll tell that, here's a tease for next week. Uncle Randy chipped himself out of a body cast in two weeks. In two weeks. Oh, man, we are just chock full of stories. I'm really glad I got to hang out with those guys. It was really fun hearing. Like, I'm we're certainly a group like that and, and, and myself have wildly different political um, ideologies on certain issues. But we also have a lot in common, right? Like, this is what people don't understand a lot. Like, 
yeah, Casca, South Dakota is a town full of super Trumper ding-dongs at times. And, and like, I have a hard time with a lot of their positions. But that doesn't mean they don't have good intentions. You know what I mean? Like, you don't you don't fix any of this shit by just talking shit on the internet. You fix all this shit by having a beer with everybody on a boat or grilling a burger outside of your shitty hotel room in a tiny little town called Casca and just get perspective. Like, that's how you fix some of this stuff, I think. And that's also, by the way, how I can, like, I spent... I spent a week with a bunch of different perspectives hearing how it, like everything, how it used to be, isn't as good as people remember, but it wasn't all bad either. There's some ideas in there that are good. There are ways people handle things that are right. They're just, I don't know, man, there's lessons to be learned. When you're having a beer, listening to old dudes talk, you should be listening for the nuggets. Cause you'll, I feel like, I could have recorded the whole thing and I'll, I'll really want to replay it often. You know what I mean? So, and it's fun to hear those stories. So like call your parents and call your uncle, whoever call your crazy wild uncle, even if he ruined a couple of Thanksgivings, although uncle Randy has never done any of that. And like, you know, fucking be cool about it. You might, you never know what you're going to learn. Maybe you'll find out how your other uncle lost his virginity and the whole trip will be worth it. (laughs) All right. Um, we've been going about 40 minutes real quick concert seasons back up something that something I saw at a concert last week and I've, and I don't know if people know. And so I'm just saying this out loud and I am not, by the way, a musician, I'm not speaking for any musicians. This is just what I believe. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Someone came up, we were you know, shooting the shit with the band. They come up to the band and then like, and I get it. You want to meet the band, talk to the band, take a picture with the band. Like, that's all cool. That's all. That's, that's why anybody picks up a guitar and starts playing guitar, whether they want to admit it or not. That's certainly part of it. But there's decorum that I don't know if you understand. And, and, and it certainly includes this. You don't ask the band to play the song you like. This isn't fucking karaoke, man. That ba- this band has worked seemingly hard on a couple of set lists and they have a specific flow of songs. They're here they they didn't just they didn't just walk out of the back of a van and plug in, man. Like most bands you're listening to have practiced a set and they know where they're heading and they're trying to deliver an entertaining thing. You don't just walk up and ask for some dipshit song cuz you heard it on whatever. And mo- I, I let me let me narrow my scope of who I'm talking. Hey rich people, the band doesn't give a fuck how much money you have. They're still here trying to do a job just like everybody else. So, like, the fact that you're rich seeming... So, not everybody. I'm not picking on rich people. I'm just... and I, Listen, this isn't a judgment. This You can listen to me, not listen to me. But just because you can flip a guy a hundred bucks doesn't mean he's going to play Freebird for you, Ted. Like, fucking calm down. Put your guns in your holsters, fella. Now... If the band is like, come up and tell us what you want to hear. Different animal. That There's all kinds of bands who will do that. But that doesn't mean the next band is going to do that. And I'm not, you know, certainly I'm being defensive of bands. I'm not, they, no one said anything. No one was rude about it. I was the only one who was rude about it. I, because I apparently have no tact or social skills at all, said as politely as I could to the woman, I don't mean to be rude, but that, you know, that's not, that's against, there's a code. You don't do that. I think I was a little nicer about it. And I said, I'm not, I don't mean to be rude, but of of course, anytime you say that and there's a but, and then you're about to, (laughs) you're about to be half rude about it. But like, I don't care if you're rich and from California, you don't show up and this isn't, I'm not picking on people who are moving here. This is the same is true everywhere. You don't just ask a band to play the whatever because you're in a good mood. You know, they're working, dude. Give it a rest. I'm pretty sure that's true. 
I'm my stance might be harder than it needs to be, but like, you have any idea how long it takes to get good at guitar? It's, it takes forever to be like even good enough to just go get paid a few hundred bucks to play for four hours. You have to put in an ungodly amount of time, most of the time, being kind of good. You gotta at least be able to fake it. Like that doesn't just happen. You don't just pick up a saxophone and play. You got to take time to learn where the keys are. You learn how to read sheet music, learn how to play the songs, learn harmonies and all of this. Then you got to meet four other people, find time to practice, get somebody in the band who knows how to talk to a club owner or a stage owner and blah, 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 figure out the money. And that just doesn't happen. Then you build a website. Then you build the social media. Then you practice. Then you go out and play a couple gigs. None of that happened just so Ted can hear fucking whatever he wants. You know what I mean? Like knock it off, man. Maybe bands don't actually give a shit about this. I didn't even ask a band before I just decided I was going to have a hard stance on it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I'm right, though. And, like, I'm specifically talking... There's a tone of a rich person who's had four to seven beers who believes if he just... You know, there's a difference between willing it to happen in a good way and being kind of an asshole about it. Read the room a little bit, fella. Okay, that's about it. Um, I didn't even look at the news. We haven't been doing news for a while. It's kind of nice. Let's been give it a rest. Although I do, listen, man, you, uh, real quick, I got to do one quick thing because I spent, I mean, all, I've lost friends over my positions on this show, which sounds fucking stupid. And it turns out that maybe they weren't my friend anyway. But like, I, I have admittedly spent a lot of the time on this show picking on, Trump and Trump supporters. I get it. I'm not def- I'm not changing my tone by any stretch of the imagination, but I this is an even Stevens thing. Some of you on the other side need to realize when you're winning a little bit and not everything is a fucking nuke. You, you know what I mean? This it's going to bite you in the ass on the silly stuff. You got to be reasonable. You got to understand where people have come. People are it, it, everything can't be Nazi right away. It, you can't go to tan and everything. You need to like you're going to get more flies of sugar here, fella. Like under this is how you actually get things done. Now that you've won and now that you have a, a chance to be in a position to prove your point. If you spend the next four years being an unreasonable dink about it, you're not going to gain any ground. I guess I don't, I don't really mean that in any specific way, but other than I have a lot of friends who like this show and they like the show because I picked on, you know, it's pretty easy to pick on Super Trump or Ding Dongs because they're fucking Ding Dongs. But careful, careful now because that's a two-way street. And this is your this is your flare across the boat, seeing a lot of fucking Ding Dong stuff from the other side. Like, that's, come on, man. You got to be reasonable. I don't really feel like going into specifics because we've had a good flow and I don't want to do a whole bunch of politics. Let's just call it a warning shot and we'll move on. I'll do more next time, maybe. Also, listen to this nonsense. Listen to this nonsense. This show, if I got fired from every job I'm doing right now and I had to exist on this show, I'm not sure I could afford the ramen. I mean, maybe I could afford the ramen, but like I certainly couldn't afford a second person's ramen. But lo and behold, I have an intern. I'm getting a little young Jamie to start with me. I found him from Black Hill State. He's a young man named Jet. He's got the coolest, that's his real name, Jet. 
and he's going to be, he's, so there's going to be an intern on this show. This show that I don't know since I took a two month break right now has 2000 all in listeners. Cause I got to build this show back, but there's going to be a kid sitting here. Cause I've got an intern. Cause you know, it's pretty cool being me sometimes. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe I'll have you guys come up with stuff. Like, I know what he's going to do. He's going to do, like, there's some stuff he's going to do for me that you don't care about here on the mechanics of it all. But, like, this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this. We might add a video element to this. We might add a man in the street element to this. There's all kinds of things we can do with the young. I got my own young Jamie, man. All right. Hey, thanks for listening. I have a crappy advertiser named Book VIP that I personally would never use. But if you want to get pitched a shitty timeshare, and then save a boatload on your money, but then still probably pay it back in cab fares and stuff. Listen, I get it. That's what it is. Go to MurdochJones.com, click on the link, and you know you can you can get some money. I get the commission if you use the trip. I don't really personally recommend them because the service sucks and like everything's kind of shitty. But like it, li- it will legitimately save you a boatload of cash. But then you're gonna have to hear a ding dong timeshare pitch, and then you gotta kind of know how to maneuver your way through whatever you're going. If you understand the limits and the rules, then I certainly encourage you to use the service, but I would prefer you go to MurdochJones.com and then click on that link. Cool. There's your advertiser. All right, my friends, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Give it a rate, a like on the iTunes. If you listen to it on Spotify, tell a friend. Um, You know, I'm building the momentum back here. Getting, I'm still, (laughs) I got back in time long enough to be the top show still on the Home Slice Podcast Network just to be an asshole to Mark Houston because Whiskey at Work was gaining. Um, What else? Find me on TikTok. Search for Murdoch Jones or Book of Murdoch, however you find me on TikTok. You can watch my incredibly, um, hopefully, interesting plant videos. (laughs) All right, friends. Have a good night. It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This particular credits was recorded in Studio 2A. The executive producer is Mark... (laughs) He's in my cell phone as Mark fucking Houston. (laughs) Executive producer is Mark Houston. Engineering, Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez. And he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Haddon and all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert Tiberius Henry. See more shows at homesliceaudio.com or check out the homeslicegroup.com. Thanks for listening. Give this a like or a share and you have a great day. Mark has to listen to this and he's going to be so annoyed and that tickles my fancy. So leave this goddamn piece in.